Gentlemen, it's Vader time. I'm your host, the sweet semen and Ric Flair's balls, Daniel Hummer. And I'm here with uh, the sweet semen and uh, Bushwhacker Luke's testicles, Doug. <laughs> ah, it was. <laughs> I broke something. His catchphrase is a grunt and I fucked it up. And not to take this to any sort of uh, other level than what it is, but the sweet team of the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's testicles, Eric's here. What's up? How's everyone doing tonight? Pretty good. I'm good. That's good. <laughs> it's Vader time. We're here to talk. This is the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining oh. in. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh <laughs> We're here to do Vader's top ten moments and matches. Leon White. White. Yeah. Leon White, the big big Van Vader, one of the you know to me one of the best monster heels in all of professional wrestling history. Yeah. Uh he's got a long and yeah, story I fucked career. that up. No, it's all good. I wrote the wrong title. <laughs> a big bad Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Someone probably called him that at some point. Yeah, but no, this is a lot of this is cool because Vader is someone who just got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he wanted to yep. get in before he passed away because he knew back in twenty. I think he passed in twenty eighteen, and summer of twenty. I think it was twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. I want to say twenty seventeen is when he knew he was going to pass yeah. because the doctor said you have less than two years to live. Yeah. And so he asked WWE, he said, can I get in the hall of fame? Yeah. And they passed him up in 2017 because they wanted to get, uh, like, uh, I forgot who it was, but like, they no, had... pal, we need Tory Wilson. No, uh, Dallas page. Yeah. Yeah. So they could have waited for Dallas Page. But uh, so they passed him up, and then 2018, because he was he was still alive, like around WrestleMania time, 2018. They could have got him in there. But uh, then they needed to get in Hillbilly Jim and Jeff Jarrett and and Goldberg. So he got passed up again, and then he passed away. Yeah. I thought uh, Jeff Jarrett was just recently. Jeff Jarrett was 2018. That's nuts. I know. See, that, that's it like, for recent. a while, it was I don't know like, why. why are some of these scrubs getting put in? Like, why is Booker in twice already, and fucking Vader's not in yet? Right. Uh, so, it's good that he's in now. One of the more underappreciated big men, too. So we're going to talk about him and some of his best moments and matches. Yeah. 
And here's the funny thing about him is he came in from football. He was actually he was a member of the Los Angeles Rams. He played in Super Bowl, I think it was ten. Really? It was the Super Bowl where the Rams played the Steelers. Okay. Uh, now, obviously, the Steelers won. Yeah. But because back in the 70s, you were not beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So. Nope. Not with Terry Bradshaw. Not at all, right? So, but he did, he's one of the, I mean, there's been a few guys there that, uh, obviously, you know, through the years that have, like, that have played in Super Bowls. You know, yeah. Mongo McMichael's got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Well, he's one of the more famous football players turned wrestlers because he actually had an actual football career. Right. But Leon doesn't get talked about a lot for, like, his football career unless, like, you're talking to Jim Ross. Well, and I feel like he doesn't get brought up enough by the WWF because that run wasn't as – it didn't make as big of an impact as his runs in other places. And and to me – Except for now, I think they've gotten better at it in recent years. But for a long time there, if you didn't make it in WWE and you weren't a, a face for WWE, then your career never even existed, pretty much. You might have did a cut. Like, they'll show, they'll, like, bring up WCW sometimes and shit, but they weren't going to talk about the cool shit he was doing in 92 at WCW. They never brought Well, because also, too, here's the thing. When WCW was still in business, you cannot bring up a uh, promote, and this is rule of, rule of thumb, right? Yeah. You cannot bring up a company that is that is still in business. So on WWE TV, they're not going to talk about Impact. They're damn sure not going to talk about AEW. They're not going to talk about MLW. And they're not going to talk about Ring of Honor. I feel like they have a little bit, though. Especially Impact, they definitely do. Well, yeah, because Scott Demore made a deal with him to get Mickey over. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, you know, thoughts and prayers uh, with Mickey James. Her uh, her brother passed away a couple of days ago in a uh, car crash. Yeah. Her brother, uh, her brother's uh, stepdaughter, and oh. his brother's wife is actually fighting for her life right now. That's so. Wow. Mickey was supposed to be. Mickey's actually supposed to be. Uh, was supposed to be in Germany for a uh, fan convention with Trish Stratus over the weekend, but because her uh, her brother's services are on Monday, uh, she obviously had to pull out of the convention. Yeah, of course. Uh, but it's actually it's very sad because Mickey's uh, sister passed away a couple of years ago from cancer. Yeah. So. But yeah, no thoughts and prayers. Go Is she out the last surviving? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know how many brothers and sisters she actually has. Uh, I just know, like, because it was a, it was brought up, and she had posted about it, about you know what happened to her brother. Right. Uh, and she had even said, uh, you know, that she's even praying for the person that, uh, you know. That was in the other car. Yeah. Because uh, she had said, she goes, nobody blames you. Don't blame yourself or something like that. Like, she was trying to be, like, real positive and upbeat. What a sweet woman. Uh, 
she's definitely a better person than a lot of other people are. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a drunk driver, was it? I don't. I don't think so. I think it was just because it was late at night, or not late at night. Actually, early in the morning. Okay. It was. It was dark out. Okay. So I, I don't think it was okay. a drunk driver because nobody would be that. <laughs> no. Would be that nice to a drunk driver. Not if they fucking destroyed a family like that. Yeah. Uh, I'd be guessing that it wasn't really anybody's fault. It's one of those things that just happened. Yeah. Or at least it's yeah. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because we mentioned Impact and the whole Mickey James thing. And... Absolutely. Uh, but, no, all right, so getting back, to, getting back to Leon, you couldn't really mention a lot of the stuff he was doing at the time. I mean, they do now. Like they and like Cole's always bringing up the fucking Bullet Club. Yeah, he he does, and he and they're allowed to do it now, and that's great, and uh, it's cool. But it felt like for a long time, through the ruthless aggression era, through the mid two thousands, through two thousand ten, you're not gonna know if you just watch WWE. You're not gonna know who Vader is. You're not gonna, and they never fucking really. They never celebrated his legacy or any of it. Like, how, like Ric Flair's fucking been paraded around that thing. Fucking, how many times? 50 times? How many times has Ric Flair been in a ring with a bunch of wrestlers and right. that champagne? And, and what's, what's weird is that, like, a lot of the guys that have gotten... Not like, saying he doesn't deserve it. He like, obviously does. Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. But a lot of the guys that have gotten, like, DVD releases over the years... Yeah. Why didn't Vader get a DVD in the video? Right. And, I mean, I'm, and I'm not saying everybody's going to get a DVD release. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get a Hus Hus Best of the Berserker uh, yeah. or uh, <laughs> Straight from the Everglades Best of Skinner. No, uh, but I think that I think that Vader, he built up a body of work that was enough for that. More yeah, than no, that. I mean, and here's the thing. Guy's career started in the AWA. Yes. Okay. And as the baby bull, Leon White. Comes in, and then uh, he he gets hurt, working a lot. And he actually was – one of the reasons why he was brought in, why he was trained in, in the AWA, because he went to uh, AWA in late 85, early 86. He wanted to train to be a wrestler. Brad Rangens, who was doing a lot of the training at the time, looked at him and thought he was nothing but a fat piece of shit. Brad Rangins uh, was not really that kind. But Vern and Greg looked at him and said, oh my God, think of the matches he could have with Stan Hansen, who was their champion at the time. Yeah. So, and we could also put him in a big man tag team with Jerry Blackwell, because this guy can move. Blackwell has to lean up against the fucking ropes because he can't move. Yeah. So we're going to use this guy. And then he gets hurt, but then he comes back as bull power. But then he decides, because AWA was in her dying days, he decides to go to Japan. Yes. Then they give him the, the Mastodon. The helmet thing. That thing's badass, though. Which, I love that thing. Yeah, it was cool. Okay? 
And they give him the name Van Vader, and they give him the mask, and him and Bam Bam Bigelow team together for a little while. And all of a sudden, everything just took off. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. Uh, he's a great character. He's, And I think he means so much because... Because, like I said, he's one of those guys that, like, you'll never see him because he didn't make it in WWE. He made it somewhere else. And they're not really – they don't treat those guys like stars a lot of the time. Now, they did have plans for him when he came over to the WWF. He was supposed to take the title and everything. And they kind of thought he was lazy. They didn't like his size anymore. They think he was starting to get kind of dry and uh, dried up and a little past his prime or whatever. Yeah. I think he was still pretty damn good. When he got there, but uh, and he did have some cool moments too, which a couple made this list, well, not many. And the funny thing is too is that like you also have to remember he was on Boy Meets World. Yeah. With Erica, I know yep. Erica remembers that. Yes. Okay. Yep. And yes, I do. I was going to bring that up. All right. And by the way, I don't know if you two guys know how the the Boy Meets World thing came up came up along, yeah. or at least like the first episode in season two, okay. I believe, uh, which was, he was still in WCW at the time. Was he? Yeah. So, uh, what happened was he, uh, they were doing an episode where Corey had joined the wrestling team. And uh, there was going to be this big match between him and Joey, and you know, Joe, uh, Frankie, who was played by Ethan Suplay, the big kid, big Chubby, yeah. chubby fella. Who's in great shape now, by the way. Is he? Yeah. So he comes in and they introduce his father, played by Vader. Vader was the WCW United States champion at the time. Right. But they brought him in and they said he was the world champion. So he was wearing the U.S. title, but they called it the world title. Who'd he beat for that belt? Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan at Starcade 94. That's him now. Jesus Christ. It doesn't even look the same, right? No, not at all. All right, so the role for Frankie's to King, so they needed somebody, and because it was a wrestling theme episode, they wanted a wrestler. Yeah. For, uh, you know, for this, and they needed somebody to play Frankie's father. So they needed a big guy. Yeah. I believe Boy Meets World taped in the state, because Boy Meets World is a Disney show. Yeah. Are they? Well, they were yeah. playing. They're on Disney Plus. I know that. Okay. So I'm pretty sure they were taped in a Disney lot. Yeah. Uh, at that time in '95, WCW taped worldwide. I thought he was gone by '95. He was gone. This episode, season two of Boy Meets World, was '94 through '95. Okay. He left uh, WCW in September. This episode aired in May, and I think it was taped in, like, February or March. Oh, okay. Okay? Uh, so he was the U.S. champion at the time. Well, they needed somebody. They realized that wrestling was taping, like, a couple lots down. Yeah. So they went, and they looked. They see this big, scary-looking motherfucker. So they asked Bishop, they said, can we use him? <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> so that's how that came about. And then uh, 
when they needed him again for another episode. I think it was the 96-97 season, so it would have been season four-ish, I think. He might have done uh, an episode in season three, too. I'm not sure, but they needed him for the WWF, or they needed him again. WCW had released him, so they had to call the WWF. Because uh, they figured they're like, all right, well, we'll just go to WCW, go to WCW, get Vader back, because they tape like right fucking next door, or like they tape, you know, in the same studio or whatever. Right. And then they're just like, nah, we fired him. So then they had to call the WWF, and or I don't even know if they actually had to, or no, they had to call and get permission because they wanted him, they wanted footage of him doing an actual wrestling match, which is the episode of him and his ah, Yeah. Which I actually almost thought about having you put that down as one of his top ten moments in that. Well, that's an honorable mention right there. Yeah. Uh, no, but, no, Doug. Yeah. Um, was there any connection with the other episodes, or was this just a whole different episode, like, did they mention anything that he was in a previous episode? Not that he was in previous episodes, but they still called him, uh, you know, Mr. Stacchino. Okay. Still, you know, Frankie's father. Yeah. They still mentioned that he was Frankie's dad. Yeah. Back, at, okay. see, back in the day uh, with sitcoms, and Eric, you know, when we do more stuff about sitcoms, which we have in the past, you know, we'll talk about it more, but there was... Not really a lot, unless they were doing, like, a flashback episode. Yeah. The stories usually didn't intertwine. No, yeah, yeah. Sitcoms are kind of... Especially, I mean, there's a little more continuity now. Like, in that... Like, in the 90s and on, I think there was a little more continuity to where things that characters do might have a lasting effect over episodes. But back then, it was like everything that happens in that 30 minutes is his own thing. And then yeah. you're back to square one. A happy family or all going to the bar at Cheers or whatever. But it's all kind of – you don't feel the effects of the last episode. Right. There's not continuity between them. Like, right, exactly. They might mention it a little a little something. Like you, like mentioning his name is Mr. Sakino or something. Like yeah. you might get a little bit, but they're not going to go over – the top to explain like they didn't do a background episode with him and Frankie you know yeah no it was just they yeah. Needed, uh, yeah it was uh, the episode was just you know Corey trying to help Frankie and his dad connect yeah uh, now uh, we talked about that as an honorable mention another honorable mention I have to mention is his WCW debut okay against the Z-Man at the Great American Bash 1990 Tom Sick? Yeah. Mm. Now, here's a guy at the time, and I'm talking about Tom Zink. God rest his soul. Uh, you know, might not have been the greatest worker of all time, but, you know, he was very popular. And at that time, Jim Hurd loved him. Right. Okay. Uh because, you know, he had a good body and all that, and Heard was about the bodies. Uh, well, they needed a baby face for this guy, Vader, to squash. Yeah. So he did it within two minutes. Now, the only issue is, is that after, Ole Anderson really didn't like 
didn't like Vader. Really? So only they and also too like uh, Vader found out he wasn't going to get paid a lot, so he just decided to go back to Japan. Yeah. But then he started kind of. But then in '91 he came back because uh, Dusty wanted him. Yeah. And him and Dusty had become like super super tight. Right. So a lot of like Vader's earlier stuff. Especially when Vader was working on top, it was because he had the backing of the American Dream, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So Dusty kept him over. Pretty much. All right. And another, there's a couple other honorable mentions. One I want to give to his match with Shawn Michaels in SummerSlam '55. Yep. Ninety-six. Uh, a lot of people would put that on their list. And if you look up a lot of lists, it is on a lot of top ten Vader matches lists and stuff like that. I disagree. Be because, mind. Okay. But I disagree because your boy was a piece of shit throughout the whole thing. Uh, yelling at Vader. Calling spots and stuff. I think that ruins the match for me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I understand, like, it was a cool David versus Goliath match, but you can visibly hear Sean yelling at him. Right. And that always kind of ruined it and put a stink around it for me. Because it's like, listen, you little drugged up fuck. He's trying his best. <laughs> right. And and here's the funny thing, too. You want him to go a half hour. Like, bro, you worked with Sid, and you're not bitching at Sid. No, he would – well, later on when he would start, when he would work with Sid Moore, he actually did bitch it. Like when he did the uh, the match at the Alamo Dome against Sid, okay. like the match sucked, yeah. and he fucking flipped out on Sid after. But in the ring? Not in the ring. No, but, but what I'm saying is calling him out in the fucking ring to where people in the camera – like we can watch it on the network right now or Peacock or wherever. We can watch him yelling at Vader. There's clips on YouTube, you know, that, like you can hear it during the match, right? Not backstage, him just yelling, like he fucking. It's like humiliating, like it's like he's fucking talking shit to this guy that he can't work and that he sucks during the match. Right, and here's the thing: it's you rough. want the guy to go 20 minutes, right? Yeah, or 20, 25 minutes, half hour, or whatever. Vader at that time he wasn't necessarily in the best of shape. Yeah. It was just, you know, a couple months prior, him and Yokozuna were at Duke University at Fat Camp sneaking hamburgers. Uh, or cheeseburgers or whatever the fuck. Whatever fucking fast food restaurant that serves burgers was down the street, they would get out at night, go get some, and bring it back. Right. Like, because they didn't feel like they needed to lose weight. And Vader, at 450, he could technically still move. He didn't start to get really bad until 98. He was still pretty agile in the ring, though. Yeah, well, 98-ish, it was kind of, you could tell that he was slowing down. He even called himself a fat piece of shit. Exactly. But, like, 96, he was fine. Yoko needed about five liposuctions. Yeah. Yoko was hurting. Yeah. Well, he was hurting other people. Yeah. But, like, 
the thing is, though, and I think that's what bothers me about the match, is that match didn't suck. Vader's did his job. Yeah. Shaw did his job. It was a good match. It was a good, if you look at it from without that, without that little pussy crying and bitching and moaning. The plus four next one, though. They both, they all did their job, though. Like, he was a good monster heel. It was a good David versus Goliath story. He was in the places he needed to be, it seemed like. Like, I don't understand why he was yelling at him. I, I don't think so either. And he was also, he was embarrassing uh, Jose Lucario and and Jim Cornette as well. Yeah. Because, like, they Jim were, still talks about it, doesn't he? Yeah. And, like, Jose, I think Jose Lucario is even still alive. Yeah. But, like, no, they were ta- both talking about it because, like, Jose Lothario was brought in to manage Sean because they knew Sean was starting, really did have, like, an attitude problem. Yeah. And they were hoping it's like, okay, he, he's your mentor, he's your trainer. Yeah. You're going to treat him with respect. Right. Well, they forgot who they were talking to. Yeah. Because he treated Jose like shit. Yeah. Uh and Cornette wanted to just load up the tennis racket with a fucking brick and just beat Sean to death with it. Yeah. So, like, everybody was pissed off at him for for what they did to Leon. Or what he did to Leon. Good. But, yeah, the ma- so the match was still a great match, so I put it on honorable mentions. But I don't know if it's a dangerous yeah. time in past. And the last honorable mention I have, unless you have another one, is I have the the match with Sting at the Great American Bash '92, where he won the title, right? Yes, he beat Sting for the belt. Yeah, which I, I'll uh, compound that a little bit. I'll say like another honorable mention is like what first put him on the map when he uh, when they did the angle where he injured Sting's ribs. Okay, because it's just like okay. We know this guy's going to be for real. We know they want to do something with him. Yeah. Because he's this big guy that Watts likes. So, you know, we know there's something there. Yes. But the match with Sting, and Sting deserves an awful lot of credit for for Vader's career, for Vader's uh, surgeons. You think so? Well, because I think Sting helped tame him. Because he, like, was used to this Japanese style and roughing guys up and bullying guys, because that's what they did in Japan. In the ring. In the ring. Yeah. Uh, stiff. Very stiff and all that. And he gets in the ring with, uh, with Sting, and Sting's just like, okay, big fella, calm it down. Yeah. And... <laughs> Like Sting, and St- these are even Sting's words. He's like, "Look, when you got to, when we got to the states, I tamed you." Yeah. So he just like so I credit Sting a lot for you know Vader's like North American success. Yeah. Another honorable mention would probably have to be taking off Mick Foley's ear in Japan. <laughs> Yeah, which, by the way, they both got heat for. Yeah. What are you going to do? Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh. Well, you knew about the ear, right? I think I think we mentioned no, it. No, uh, no, 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 no,
you knew mankind was missing half an ear. Don't fuck me here. You know, you're messing with me. Everybody knows that he's missing half an ear. But he's because he's brought oh, yeah, it up. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. He's brought that up in WWE. He couldn't have said like because of Vader in 2008, 2009 when he kept bringing that up. Well, if I have half, yeah. if my half a year is listening correctly, like he said that a few yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He doesn't get his due. But yeah, that's our honorable mentions. You want to get to the list? Uh, yeah. All right. At number 10, we have Vader attacks Gorilla Mob 2 on Raw, uh, January 22nd, 1996. Okay. So, uh, backstory here. This is around his debut, right? Yeah. Well, his official debut was at the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Now, what a lot of people also have to remember is that he's still coming off shoulder surgery. So, when they debuted him... He still was not fully healed. Yeah. And so he did the Royal Rumble, and it was at the Royal Rumble where uh, you could feel like him and Yokozuna were not going to get along. And then they both got eliminated by Shawn Michaels. Vader comes in, or Vader afterwards getting eliminated. Cheap shots Yokozuna goes into uh, the ring, attacks everybody, Gorilla Monsoon comes in and says, get out. Cornette goes in and gets him, gets him out. Next night on Raw, he wrestles Savio Vega. He beats Savio Vega. After the match, the ref- he continues to attack Savio, and the referee tries to stop him, so Vader beats the shit out of the referee. Yeah. Gorilla comes in and says, okay, Vader is suspended. So then... Vader gets in his face and Gorilla says, uh uh-uh, and chops him. So then afterwards, Gorilla picks up the referee, you know, to try to get him back to his senses. Vader splashes him in the corner and then hits a couple of Vader bombs. Yeah, I I think I remembered it. And it was one of those moments where it's just like, because Gorilla Monsoon at that time was everybody's grandfather. Yeah. So yeah. a beloved person like Gorilla Monsoon getting attacked by this, this maniac, like, it was holy shit. It was a hot way to start, too. Yeah. but Like, also, he came in with a lot of momentum because of that. Yeah, he came in with a lot of momentum, but they also, like, they ran the suspension angle. Because he was st- he was trying to tell everybody he's like I can't work my shoulder yeah like I'm still in pain yeah so they gave him the suspension angle to, to write him out until WrestleMania but then Vince changed his mind and did the angle with Clark- Clarence Mason uh, the attorney the biggest stain on the underwear of life in the in the new generation era uh comes in and he files a petition to get Vader's suspension, uh, you know, overturned. And it happens because they keep forgetting the fact that this guy can't fucking work. So the Vader Joker Zuna match that was supposed to be at WrestleMania got turned into a six man. Really? Yeah. It gets turned into a six man tag. It's Vader, Owen and Bulldog. Versus 
Yoko, Jake, and Ahmed Johnson. Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Yeah. The only person on Yoko's team that could actually work was Jake. Yeah. Because Yoko was so fucking fat that he couldn't really do much because they were afraid to have him do much. As a matter of fact, the state of California did not want him licensed. Really? And Yeah, and Ahmed Johnson just sucked. So they weren't going to really do anything. Vader really couldn't work because of the bad shoulder. Of And Davey, you know, he was kind of limited at that time because he was more about, you know, the roids. So the only two people in a six-man tag that could really carry the heavy load were Jake and Owen. Yeah. And Owen didn't want to. (laughs) Oh, God, that that sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I always heard that Owen would pick what he wanted to put on. Oh, my God. But yeah, I thought it was a hot start. It definitely a really cool moment. Oh yeah, definitely. It got him a lot of heat, which is what he needed. Yeah, I think Cornette was a good person to have by his side too. He was because Cornette. Yeah, he was good manager. Get out of anybody. Absolutely. And then that person would go after him, but then you have this big fucking bull. Yeah. Just stand in front and be like, "You're not touching him." Yeah. And then Cornette in the back going, "Yeah." All right. Number nine. We have his match with Stan Hansen and NJP New Japan in 1990. This was the eye popper, right? This is where his eye popped out of his skull. Okay. So here's... Vader said. Vader Just one. Just Uh, just the one. Because... By the way, we got to preface this with... These are probably the two stiffest individuals to ever get in the ring. Like, two of the most badass, brutal, legit, knock-you-the-fuck-out right. fighters. And by the way, Vader actually inducted Stan Hansen into the Hall of Fame. That's very sweet. Okay. Well, at least he got to do that. Well, because they were friends. Yeah. All right? Like, and they had worked a lot in Japan together and in AWA. They were buddies. But the thing is, is that in Japan... You are even if you are friends with somebody, you are supposed to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. And also too, what also has to be prefaced is Stan Hansen is legally blind. He can't see. Really? So if he's fucking gouging your eyes out of your fucking head, he more than likely doesn't know he's doing that. Stan Hansen's such a bad motherfucker. Too. He, yeah, exactly. Because he can't see. The stories about Stan Hansen are awesome. Oh my god! Like just him running over the AWA title, then that's a that's a cool one. All right, uh, real quick because this is about Vader. Yeah. So Stan Hansen wanted to take the AWA title to Japan. Uh, his deal was going to run out. They were going to take the title off him. Yes. They were going to put it back on Bockwinkle. Yes. However, he wanted it. A, Japan wanted him to take the title over there and defend it. Vern said, no, we want you to drop it here. He goes, I am going to drop it here, but they want me to defend it over there first. He goes, no. So he no-shows an event, takes the title over to to Japan, defends it, although it's unofficial. And then 
they sent him a cease and des- they sent him a letter saying you have to return it or you know we're gonna you know you're gonna get sued. So he says okay. So this is and it, this is first of all him behind the wheel of a truck yeah. again a blind person. Well, legally. Legally blind and being blind blind are two different things. Yeah. He can see what's in front of him. Of, uh, He can see very short distances. Yeah. Like, when you and I take our glasses off, like, we'll be able to see, like, each other. Yeah. Other than that, that's it. Like, like But it's not black. It's not like he can't see a fucking thing. He can see. You don't get a license if you can't see. And he obviously had a, a license. Yeah. Well, he did wear glasses outside of. There you go. Uh, that's how, like, he could see it because he, he wore glasses. Yes. So, but anyway, so he gets he gets in the truck, and he's just like, okay, you want the belt back so bad? So he runs over the fucking thing with the truck yes. and then mailed it back. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. He was just a bad dude. We yeah. got to do an episode on him. It, definitely. Uh but yeah, this match, I've seen it once, and it was badass, and they beat the shit out of each other. It's very stiff. It's just two big, tough, rowdy guys going at it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think you could ever go wrong with that. No, not at all. And it's two of the biggest American draws in Japan ever. I mean, obviously, you got your fucking Omegas, and you got your... Uh, oh, fuck that pussy. I agree, fuck that pussy, but... You can't deny that he's one of the biggest American stars to walk into Japan. And I guess I'm well. First of all, Canadian, but uh, yeah, that is true. He's Canadian. Kenny, yes. uh, Kenny Omega is yeah. Yeah, he's from Winnipeg. I mean, they don't they don't want to admit it. We'll claim him. No. <laughs> uh, just like, you know, the city of California had to make up the name of a town just to claim the Young Bucks. What the fuck is Rancho Cucamonga? Uh, it's, it's outside of San Diego. I was just that gonna, is a thing. I mean, to be it's honest, a true place. To be honest with you, that sounds like a uh, wing at the Playboy Mansion. It no. makes sense for them, though. I've been there. To me, you have the to... The mansion? No. See, the Rancho I feel like you can't live there and not be a douchebag. Like, just the, that is the perfect place for those two fucking douches to be from. Because, like, you're gonna ask Nick Jet, well, where are you from? Ranger Cucamonga. It's like, I fucking hate you already. <laughs> it's a terrible Yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, Vader... It's a nice place. Oh, I, I don't doubt that it has nice scenery. <laughs> and maybe the people are very graceful. I apologize. Uh, but the Bucks suck. They do suck. Stan Hansen and uh, Vader was a great match. Yeah. All right. Number seven. I thought it would be eight. That too. The babyface turn at Clash of the Champions, August 6, 1995. He saves Hogan from the Dungeon of Doom. Okay. Uh, so, obviously, it's my turn to talk, right? Because I'm the one that's seen the majority yeah. of these. Since this is like your... Whole Wait, era. can we go back for a second? So his eye really popped out of his head? Yeah. Yeah. Did they and get it back in? They got a pit. Stan Hansen, again, a blind man, grabbed his eye and put it back in his head form until they get. Because they continued the match for like <laughs> another fucking five to ten minutes. That just seems so fucking With painful. Stan Hansen 
actually having to hold on to him to keep the eye in the head. <laughs> so bad. Okay. Oh, my God. So they kept it going. And plus also to Stan Hansen, again, blind. So, yeah. like, he had to hold on to him anyway. Wow. But he couldn't, they couldn't really do, like, a finish because Vader's eye was coming out. So Stan pretty much had to hold the eye in the head. It's so far. Damn. It just seems like it would hurt like hell. You can We can find the match and watch it if you want. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I would like, I, I almost would like I, I think she wants to see it. Um, I almost do. And this same guy, Vader, you weren't home yet when we talked about it. He's the one that's responsible for half of Mick Foley's ear missing. Oh, you were talking about that as I was walking in, yeah. Yeah, he threw Mick Foley. Mick Foley's head got stuck in the ropes. Well, he, like, threw him outside of the ropes, and he was all tangled, in the, and they, he, like, got himself out, and it ripped his ear off. Oh. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, on video, you can see the ear in the ring and shit. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, Eric, have you had dinner yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, but I kind of, I'm kind of curious to see what this looks like, uh, even though um getting, even though you probably just puked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was bad. It, it was badass though, and the fa- I mean in this type of dedic- everyone talks about fucking Triple H, you know, tearing his quads and still going on with the match, or even Logan Paul. You gotta mm. give Logan. His respect now, tearing his ACL and all this other shit, and still working another twenty minutes. He jumped onto that. He did that table jump with a torn ACL. That is true athleticism and that's true dedication to your craft. Anybody could just quit and you know say I'm done right. and disappoint. Don't Cody. Well, you can't do that, Cody too, of course. Well, sure. here here's the thing though. And this is kind of what separates, well, not necessarily what separates Vader and Hanson from the rest of them, but. Cool. That's what I was getting. That was my point. It was like, that all that stuff is badass. Vader lost a fucking eye almost. Right. And he just pushed it back in. But like, it was but, like but the thing is, is that, like, if you would have stopped that, like, especially in the old days, you would have stopped that match in Japan, they would fucking kill you. Well, and I'm not exaggerating. You're not exaggerating, but. The the locker room would kill you, and the the people and oh, maybe Anoki. That, that's what I'm saying. Is that like the fans the, wouldn't kill you? The fans the, don't. The Japan well, yeah, because the fans really don't like get like riled up and no, all that. The fans like the are the opposite fans. of us. They sit there very quietly and slowly yeah, and they clap. admire. Yeah, they admire. It's more what like you're they're doing. watching a Broadway play. Yeah. Uh, oh, they really yeah. appreciate the yeah. it. For an art form. Yes. yes. That's all Japanese wrestling. Yep. But, like, the, like, guys in the back and the old-time uh, Japanese veterans, like, if they would have gotten out of the ring to go get Vader uh, medical attention, they would have they gone to remove more body parts. Yeah. Because it's like, you cannot do that. You'd be a professional, and you fucking finish the match. That's the thing. It's crazy, but, like, and that's, like, the... Old day version of being like pussy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Yeah. But it's crazy because I mean, in any other ideal sports situation, that's why it's funny. WWE's fake, wrestling's fake. It's like fucking yeah, Tom Brady loses an eye. You think he's gonna keep playing? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. They tear anything. They're off the field as soon as it fucking happens. I mean, some fighters. MMA is a lot tougher, of course. 
Right. But the WWE and wrestling, you know, there's been some very horrific injuries that, you know, you continue the match for 20 minutes sometimes, 10 minutes, like it's nuts. Right, exactly. All right, so number eight was the, the clash, right? Yes, where okay. he comes and he rescues Hogan from the dungeon of doom. Okay, all right, so we'll, we'll do a quick backstory on this one. Uh, August 6, 1995. Yeah, because that all, that sucked. Not him in this, this is a good moment, but the dungeon of doom versus Hogan was a big Yeah, issue. all right, so at this clash of champions, Vader was wrestling Arn Anderson and Ric Flair in a handicap match. Yes. All right, but they were advertising that Hulk Hogan was going to make a trip back to the Dungeon of Doom. All right, Dungeon of Doom, led by the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan uh, and King Curtis Iakea, who played the father of the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. Sullivan, my son. Uh, that's what he said. Anyway, so, like, uh, and they were in there, and already in the Dungeon of Doom, you had Kamala, you had Zodiac, you had Shark. Uh, and then you had this big guy, the giant, who was uh, labeled as the son of Andre. Yes. So Hogan goes into the Dungeon of Doom, confronts the father, confronts Taskmaster, and then Giant turns him around and just starts choking the shit out of him. Yes. Well, then the other three yahoos come in, and they start kicking Hogan. Well, then all of a sudden, you see Vader, who was technically a hired mercenary for the Dungeon of Doom to try to get the title off Hogan, but he failed, come in and just start punching everybody, right? Yeah. And then he starts hitting the giant, and giant just looks at him. Well, then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Sting, Jimmy Hart, and the Macho Man get there and get Hogan out. And then Vader kind of slowly walk behind him. But that was the beginning of, okay, because Vader at that point was like, no, like he was a heel. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of turning baby face with the fact that he was going to wrestle Iron and Flair in the handicap. But he was a bad guy. Yeah. But then this started to turn him good. Yeah. Now, of course, all of it, Obviously, he got thrown down the toilet because he got pissed off at Paul Orndorff for trying to make him do a photo shoot, but or a promo or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, this was going to be the start because he was going to be on that War Games team. Yes. With Hogan and Sting and Savage against the Dungeon of Doom, which sucked anyway. Later, wasn't? One of the Disney Boy Meets World. World. Oh, we okay. uh, we covered that before you walked. Oh, okay. I, we, I would love to go back, but we gave a good like fifteen to it. Yeah, uh, we 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 gave it a lot. Yeah, we did. No, about... I, just, I was just wondering. No, I wanted I to make sure I had the right guy. Yeah, no, you got him. Uh, yeah, the ball tonight here. He was yeah, he was on Boy Meets World, and he was great. Uh, during this, I thought he was pretty good too, and although. Because this is right where, because people try to say 92, 93, 94, WCW was like really bad. I disagree. I think as soon as Hogan got there until the NWO, that's when it was bad. When Hogan first got there until the NWO started and Hogan, and you're basically just reliving the 80s with worse storylines with people that are now older and like, the Shark, what the fuck? Big earthquake. 
The Zodiac? No, it's Brutus the Barber Beefcake with stupid fucking makeup on. And the Zodiac Killer could have been probably done well as a professional wrestler heel gimmick in a scary, creepy way. But just putting a fucking weird face paint on some guy and calling him the Zodiac doesn't mean shit. Right. What was his character? What was his personality? Nothing. He was just in the Dungeon of Doom. He had stupid face paint. Right. And he was only there because he was Hogan's friend anyway. So the Dungeon of Doom sucked. And I like Kevin Sullivan a lot. I think he's like one of the more underrated geniuses that is smarter than anybody would ever give him credit for. And he came out with a lot of good shit. But this wasn't good shit. This was stupid. Well, this was just a way because Hogan didn't like... Hogan felt uncomfortable with the guys that knew how to wrestle. That's I the issue. I am not lying. I know you're not. Uh, I know he doesn't want to fucking go up against an art and shit. But yeah. So this was Sullivan's way of making Hulk feel comfortable because Hulk felt comfortable with guys he could that didn't know how to work because that made him look good. Yeah. You know, in theory. See, I would have put the – you said you don't think it's one of his best matches, but I would put the Hogan match as an honorable mention too. I remember watching that VHS as a kid because you had it. Oh, uh, the cage, right? Yeah. Yeah. At Starcade? Bash. Bash at the beach. The cage match. I thought that was a good match with him and Hulk. Right. And obviously, you know, WCW thought it was good, too, because that was actually on Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, So there you go. But this was cool. It was nice to see him do something good for once instead of just beat the shit out of people. Right. So, uh, yeah. All right. Number seven. We're going back to the WWF, and this is actually the only match we have from the WWF uh, because the shit was an honor, honorable mention. We went with the final four match from In Your House uh, February 16, 1997, which was a fatal four-way, obviously. But, yeah. and, and you'll give the background. All right. So very quickly here, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin won the 1997 Royal Rumble even after he had already been eliminated. Yeah. Okay. He eliminated Vader, Man, or Vader, Undertaker, and Bret Hart. <clears throat> Gorilla Monsoon the next night on Raw said, "All right, we're going to have a fatal. Four, or we're going to have a final four match. It's the last four men in the Rumble. Yeah. You're, uh, you can win either pinfall, submission, or throwing a guy over the top rope. The winner moves on to face." the WWF champion for the title at WrestleMania 13. Well, it got changed three days before because it was on that Thursday, Raw Thursday, where Sean lost his smile uh, because he found out that he was going to put right over at WrestleMania, so all of a sudden his knee hurt. Uh, uh, Eric, I hate to tell you, but back in 97, your favorite wrestler was a pussy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, Lucy acknowledges it. Uh, just, uh, just, just to clarify, your favorite wrestler for years was Chris Benoit. <laughs> just, just so we have it all out. There. All right, all right. Uh, uh, can we dig up any dirt on? Actually, no. Your favorite wrestler is a Rock. Yeah, the he, sweetest fucking man known to earth. Okay? Yeah. 
He bought well, his. It, it, it took him 25 years to buy his mother a house. Well, the only bad thing he's ever done was steal Snickers bars from 7-Eleven in Hawaii that he grew up with, and he just recently bought them like a hundred thousand dollars worth of Snickers, which I don't know why you would need that, but still, he's a fucking sweetheart. He wrong. He righted the only wrong he's ever done in his life, and if he came here right now, I'd give him share. Oh, well, Sharon would take him. I know you would. <laughs> Because she wants the stickers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Rock went, went to fighting that No, no, no. No, but the Rock. I mean, I'd fucking turn for the Rock. Come on, uh, the Rock's fucking awesome. Uh, you should be. You should yeah. run for president. And just to clarify, the Benoit Kai, he was your favorite wrestler before everything. Yeah, I don't want to make you look. Yeah, I don't need your help to look bad, all right? You also spelled unscripted with an X, Eric, so you're really off your ball this week. (laughs) Oops. Uh, I'll pick that. No, I already did. (laughs) Show's gone to hell. But the final final four, I watched this alone, naked. About three. Uh, no, I was. I wasn't afraid. I was very calm. <laughs> I was buck ass naked about three years ago. In a beanbag chair. Yeah. In a Eating Cheetos. Eating Cheetos. Naked. And it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it was a good one. But no, this is one of my favorite Fatal Four Ways because it meant so much. The stakes were so big because of the whole Rumble shit and all the shit that Austin pulled. You had the it's individual storylines with Undertaker and uh, obviously Bret Hart and Austin was the big one, and that's leading up to their whole deal at WrestleMania and Vader and Taker a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of Vader's in in the matches. He kind of had a deal with Taker going on at that point. Yeah. And also. And he was in the final four. Yeah. And also, too, when he got busted open. Yes. All right, and I think that's one of the reasons why people really remember that. By the way, this was a one-match show. Like, it was one of those in-your-house pay Oh, that card sucked. Because the in-your-house pay-per-view at that time was pretty much just a – it was a two-hour pay-per-view. Yeah. That uh, like, they used it because business was bad at the time. So they wanted to give people a cheaper, instead of doing like, you know, $30 pay-per-views every month, they decided, okay, we're going to do these, you know, two-hour pay-per-views will go maybe, I think think they were like $10. Okay. $10, $12, whatever it was, right? Yes. So this is what we're going to give you. Uh, And... A lot of times, those in your houses were basically built on one match. Yeah. And this was one of them. Well, that's, I mean, it's a good one match to be built around. You have four of the best guys. Uh, Vader was kind of, they were already, Faith was lost in Vader at this time there. Yeah. I think they already stopped giving a fuck. But this was kind of him proving, and Bret Hart won the match. Right. In the belt. And because I, I watched this a couple years ago because that's when I started, like, from 96 on, just watching all Raws and pay-per-views and all that until I, you know, realized I'd rather get laid. So, but, but Vader, 
he was the big part of that match because he's the big guy. He's the muscle, and Taker's a big guy too. But Vader took a lot of the bumps. He he had that big gas, like you were saying. He's leaning pretty heavy. Uh, Vader, Vader was a big piece to this match, and that's to me that's why it belongs on him. Even though he might not be the star here as he is in every other thing we're going to talk about and we've been talking about, he's not really the main entree to this, but he's definitely still – a valuable part well, of the Well, because a lot of people of the remember course. him being the one getting busted open. He's not the brisket, but he's a good damn slice of cornbread. And uh, it ended up being a great match, and I think he was a big part of that. So, Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it was one of those things is much as you want to remember, you know, the match for Bret Hart winning the title for the fourth time, there you go. Uh, it's a couple different things, but Vader's one of them. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that match, Eric? I think so. I have to go, oh. I'm going to go back and watch some of these matches. Watch this one in particular, because I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, okay, in your house, right? Yes. In your house, in your final, house four. final four. In 97. Uh, after that, I went with uh, number six. Number six. We have another Sting match. By the way, that it's his best feud. Yeah. It's his best feud. So you're going to see some more Sting. I'd say if, if we were going to go top three feuds for Vader, I think you'd have to go Sting, Cactus, and then who? Because uh, Cactus has to be there. Yeah. It would be Sting, Cactus, and then I would almost go back to the Stan Hansen stuff. Not Ron Simmons? Well, no, actually, yeah, maybe him and Ron. Even though there's not a Ron match on here. Because well, when Ron would be fucked up there. That, I mean, it was very important. I mean, the first African-American ever to yeah. win a world. That's fucking big time stuff, and that's awesome. It's history. You know, it's a classic moment. It's fucking amazing. But that match, and it was good, but it's not the greatest of all time, in my opinion. But it was good. And I I mean, I like Ron a lot. We met Ron, and I like uh, Vader a lot. We got Sting and Super Super Brawl 3. This is uh, the other. What's the match called again? The White Castle of Fear Strap Match. Which... You're really trying to go scary and also brand with a fast food? I was just saying, what were they fighting for? Burgers? No, all right. So well, they tried the Burger King there, cage match, but it didn't There's They did a, a mini... A, around this time, Dusty was really into doing these stupid mini movies. Well, cinematic wrestling. Yeah. People would call it now. So, like, they did these mini movies. Like, the first one was the spin the wheel, make the deal thing. And then Sting had to go to the White Castle of Fear, which was somewhere in the mountains. Uh, And then... It's kind of like um, a video game. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they did one for Beach Blast that year where, uh, you know... Vader and Sid blew up a boat. Uh, looked like an episode of fucking Miami Vice. Uh, so, 
But uh, basically what was going on was Sting and Vader were involved in this heated feud at the time. The title wasn't on the line, though. But it was they had this issue they needed to settle. Yeah. Vader wins the match, but then afterwards Sting just goes fucking nuts and just whips the shit out of him. Who Sting did? Yeah. Yeah. And actually busted Vader's eardrum. Damn. Poor guy. He's been in a lot of brutal matches. Yeah. Well, he's known as probably one of the most unsafe guys to be in the ring. Not that he didn't protect people, but he hurt people too. He hurt people. Uh, Joe Thurman, a famous jobber, broke his back. Uh, you know, fucked up Ron Simmons' shoulder. He like he, a mick in the ear, which I mean, that's not really yeah, anybody's fault. He got tied in the ropes. The uh, the issue, like uh, you know, Nikita Koloff after wrestling Vader that one time, he never wrestled again. Oh wow! Because uh, he fucked up. It, it was either his shoulder or his neck. Yeah, Vader was stiff. <laughs> so Vader didn't really know what he was doing, or he just. He knew what he was doing, and the technique was fine. He was just so – because Japan has that style to where it's almost like a shoot fight. It's almost like you're really beating the shit. Like, they want you to feel it. Yeah. They're like – they're really punching you almost. They're really fucking slamming you. They're really throwing you around. And that's called being stiff. And some guys are a little more stiffer than others. And then other guys are like very smooth. Like a Shawn Michaels is the complete opposite of that. Yeah, like he's, he's very, very smooth. smooth. He kind of drifts in and out. With with the moves and nothing really, it looks like it hurts a little bit, but it's not like he's not throwing somebody around, right? Gotcha. Whereas Vader is really like when he puts you in the corner and fucking jumps on you and shit, it's gonna hurt because he's really putting his weight on you and stuff. Well, there's what? Yeah, he was a big ass guy. Big yeah. guy, and there's a way to do that stuff and make it look like that, but he was more of a actually do it type of guy. Yeah. Is he still alive? No. He passed away in 2018, but. And that's why he gets a bad rap from some people, too. Yeah. In the wrestling world. Some colleagues. People don't like getting their backs broken. Right. No. And and that's understandable. But also, too, (laughs) like, a lot of people do say that he was one of the sweeter guys. Yeah, he was nice outside of it. Like, he he was a, a big teddy bear. But also, too... Teddy bears sometimes get grumpy. <laughs> Don't I know? Uh, the strap match was good. Oh, the strap match! I love that match. And he won that one too, right? He won. He won the match, but then afterwards, you know, Sting beat the shit out of him with the strap, which he tells a story. He's like, "Yeah, hey, you, bu- uh, you know, yeah, you busted the uh, uh, busted my eardrum open." And Sting's like, "I don't remember that. I remember all the shit you did to me, but I don't remember doing anything to you." It's like you. <laughs> When is when these these born again, it, it, Some of these born again Christians, like they, they have bad memories. I wonder why. Uh, but yeah. All right. Our number five. Five, four, three, two, one. Five. Number five. Yeah. Number five. This is another moment here. I think our last moment on the list. And then we got matches. Uh. 
when he powerbombed Cactus Jack on the concrete floor. It's the April 29th, 1993 version of Saturday Night, or no? Yeah, it's Saturday Night, uh, April 24th. Okay, yeah. Uh, I only remember that because my birthday's on April 23rd. Okay. So that's... My apologies. I didn't mean to take your day away from you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just... I remember it because it is on the network, by the way. Yeah. Or on uh, the it thing is. that the network is on. The cock. Yeah. Uh, so, Vader and Cactus had this match on April 17th. Cactus wins via countout. Vader goes nuts, wants a rematch. So, they have this match, and it's fucking brutal. Yeah. And they beat the shit out of each other, and Cactus already busted his nose the week before. And, like, they beat the shit out of each other. Well, Vader wins via countout. And then afterwards, he powerbombs Cactus on, and this was done at center stage. He powerbombs Cactus on the concrete floor. Knocks the shit out of him. Really? Yeah. Great moment. Yeah, because it was one of those. It was real. He really got knocked out, right? Oh, yeah. He knocked the shit out of him. Yeah. But the Cactus said he milked it a little bit, too, right? This documentary, from what I remember. He's like, I wanted to make it look real. Yeah. You're getting power bombed on the concrete floor, you idiot. Yeah. This feud was so interesting to me because it was just two fucking. It was savage. two bulls. Yeah. Who, by the way, Cactus was becoming very popular at the time. Yes. And yep. Vader was just this monster heel. Yes, it worked. It worked, and also too, you got to remember Harley Race in Vader's corner. Harley Race really tamed Vader a lot himself. He did well, and we'll talk about it when we get to something later in the list. But yeah, I mean, he also knew he would also tell Vader, he's like, "All right, look, you're being an asshole." Yeah, he did. But the one time he didn't tame him, and we'll get into it. I'll wait till we get there. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, this was a great moment. It was cool because him and Cactus were both guys that were really good rivals for the top babyface thing at the time. Even though you, you would have Rick come in and whatever, but they're, they're two good guys to go against Sting. And, but when they weren't and Sting was working with somebody else, they were great guys to work for each other. Right, exactly. So, yep. Yeah, I liked it. And to kind of connect with that, our number four is the match with Cactus at Halloween Havoc 93. Spin the wheel, make the deal, which turned into a Texas death match. Yes. Uh, One of the most ruthless, brutal matches you'll ever see. Yeah, and here's the funny thing. When done right, the match can last for hours. Because, all right, so anybody that doesn't know what a Texas death match is, it's technically a last man standing match, but you have to pin your opponent first before they can count to ten. Yeah. Um, So... Let's say Eric and I are going at it in the Texas death match, uh, which might actually happen in the bowling alley next week. Uh, uh, Why me? It depends on if you try to stop me from knocking somebody out. Uh, I told you I won't. (laughs) All right, so then it'll be me and the other guy. Anyway, I'm trying to do an illustration here. That's the mindset you go in for bowling? (laughs) Yeah, he's catching somebody out. We're looking for a fight. Like, I hate to see you at a bar. Jesus Christ. 
Anyway. I'm your bodyguard. I'm going to take my size 8 shoes. <laughs> really? You think I'm going to fit in a size 8? You're a little fella. Size eight I'm your bodyguard, eight. Doug. What? I'm your bodyguard. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, anyway, uh, so so say that, you know, Eric and I are in a Texas death match and we're going to... After I were to pin him, or yeah. knowing how much kind of frustration he probably has against me, uh, let's say he bashes me in the face with a beer bottle and pins me. Uh, which actually could be reality at some point. If I don't, after he pins me for the three count, I've got 10 seconds to get up. If I don't get up in those 10 seconds, match is over. And I, but I think in some circumstances, you actually had 60 seconds to get up. Yeah. Okay. So now, do they do it right now? Um, right? Do they do the uh, match right now? I mean, like a, for instance, AEW. Do they follow those? Yeah, rules? AEW did a couple of them, didn't they? Yeah, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, and Adam Pay. Adam right. Cole and Adam Pay did, did, they did one. one uh, Lance Archer did a couple of them. Yep. They so only do it when they're in Texas too. Yeah. So, but they had this match. Uh, Again, this was the kind of blow off the few, but the title was not on the line because the match was not sanctioned. Uh, And Vader ended up winning because Harley Ray hit Cactus with a cattle prod and then Cactus beat the shit out of Harley after. Uh, But no, it was fucking brutal. I agree. And was it again? Yeah. What's that, Eric? When was this match again? Uh, Halloween Havoc 1993, October. Uh, well, well, technically this date will hold true in your heart, but uh, this was before your time. October 24th, 1993. I was there. You were born yet. He was. <laughs> he was finishing up a previous life. Oh, that makes sense. As a street hustler. (laughs) Checks out. Uh, All right, number three. Battle Bowl 93. He wins his tag match, obviously. With Cactus as his partner. Which is what I was going to talk about earlier, and I still will. But they win. Who did they beat? Uh, Stevie Ray of Harlem Heat, but he was known as Kane at the time. Yes, and who else? Charlie Norris. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know your shit, huh? Yes. So they win, and then he moves on to Battle Bowl, and he wins the damn thing. Yeah, and he right. wins the Battle Bowl ring. By the way, I know my stuff. That's the only reason why I got the job for this show. Yeah, and because I can't really dodge you. We <laughs> <laughs> live in the same fucking building. <laughs> What am I going to do, sneak in the bathroom and do it? <laughs> uh, no, but one of my favorite moments, and I was watching this uh, a couple years ago by myself, naked. and uh, In a beanbag chair eating In a beanbag chair eating cheese puffs this time. All right. I like to go puffy sometimes. <laughs> and Vader, <laughs> you've got to get puffy every once in a while. Vader, Vader beat the shit 
out of Harley Race, <laughs> his manager. He started beating up Cactus. Harley's like, hey, stop it. And then he beat up Harley. Yeah, he hit him. yeah, I remember that. I was dying when I saw that. He punched Harley, too. Yeah, well, he was hitting everybody. And yeah. then apparently he hit Stevie Ray so hard yeah. that Stevie Ray actually carries a gun in his in a, in his bag. Yeah. And afterwards, they went to the back. He went and he grabbed his gun. And he's like, all right, when this motherfucker comes back through the comes in into the dressing room, he told the story. I don't believe it. Well, Stevie Ray told the story. Yeah, that's why I don't believe it. But he's just like, he's like, oh, I was going to shoot this motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Great. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting calls, I'm sure. Uh, so... But yeah, apparently he wanted to kill him, but then Vader came through, and then like as soon as Vader came through the door, he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm sorry." Yeah. And then Stevie Ray's like, "Oh no, it's all good." So then <laughs> so it's all good. Just slowly puts it behind his back. Yeah. Oh, this water gun. You know. <laughs> uh, so but yeah, no, he he beat the shit out of Harley Ray because it's funny. Like, when they announced, it's like, oh, my, Vader and Cactus Jack are going to be partners. Yeah. You know, we talked, when we watched the Battle Bowl, when we watched the Battle Royal, uh, we we talked about Rip Rogers, right? The year before, though, right? We didn't watch the Over Vader one. Yeah, we did. We watched it last week for... uh, Did that that same one? Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, no, because we watched both 91 and 93. Because uh, Rude and Sting were involved. Yes. So, uh, but when Vader got announced as Cactus Jack's partner, you know, we talked about Rip Rogers and how he was like the comedic effect of the match and all that. Yeah. So he was sitting in a chair right in front of Vader when Vader's name got announced. Vader picked up the chair with Rip Rogers still in it. Yeah. And threw it across the room. That's hilarious. <laughs> That was a funny visual, too. <laughs> but he won Battle Bowl. You know, you do the tag team matches, and then you move on to the Battle Royal. Yeah. He did that. He won it. He got the big Battle Bowl ring. Because that was a cool gimmick. I love the Battle Bowl. I did, too. I wish they could bring that back in some way. I mean, it's kind of hard with the Royal Rumble. You already have that type of thing. I, I AEW could technically do it if they wanted. Like, they could do away with this stupid dynamite diamond bullshit. I mean, they could have the dynamite diamond ring, but instead of doing just a uh, battle royal, do battle royal first. Yeah. And then do the battle royal and have somebody, you know, win it. There's no reason you can't. Uh, But, yeah, no, it was, like, funny because it was funny, the whole battle royal thing. And, like, Tony Schiavone going, oh, my God, right out of the box, you have Cactus and Vader teaming up. And it was, it was, it was so, it was so good because it continued a story. Yeah. The Cactus Vader story. But, yeah, Harley Race getting the shit beat out of him. And uh, Jesse Ventura was like, hey, uh, Vader's beating up Race. It's like, yeah, because Race is trying to tell him what to do, and he doesn't like it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, 
Yeah, that that was my favorite moment. Just the fact like his race is a tough sub, and race got up and started getting ready to punch him too. Yeah, he's just like I ain't putting up with this shit. Yeah, it was just so funny. I just remember watching just like this is so chaotic and actually kind of cool. Yeah, no, it's a, I. Sometimes chaos is good TV. Yeah. But and like sometimes like and Vader could do some funny shit while trying to act like mean. Yes. Uh and, and that happens sometimes cuz there's been times where two were, were like I'm trying to be as mean as fucking possible and I'll get people cracking up at me. Yeah. Uh, Eric, you've actually done it once before too. I remember you got mad at me for some reason and you're trying to throw your apron down Eric and I were at work, and he's trying to throw his apron down on the ground because he's pissed off, but he can't get the thing untied. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we keep talking about that at work. Yeah, so not, like, all, not all the time, but we yeah, mentioned like a lot. To, I mean, yeah, he's, he's trying to leave in dramatic. Right? He's trying to take the apron <laughs> off because he wants to throw it on the floor, but he's got it in a knot. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's go to number Looking two. Looking back at it, that's hilarious. Now, let's go to number I don't even two. Know, I don't even know why I was mad at you. Because <laughs> he's a dick. I think that was the reason. It probably was. You know, you know you're a dick when he can't remember because there's so many things. <laughs> uh, all right, number two. I got... Versus the last Sting match, and actually it's crazy, this this is the one that's the highest up because this is the one he lost. Yeah. I went him and Sting at Starcade. At Starcade 92. 92. The King of Cable Finals. Yes. I thought it was a beautiful match. Because it was, I think it was actually one of Vader's best matches, even though it's at number two. Yeah, uh, by the way, these next two, he loses. Yeah. But they're just such good matches. This one in particular, I'm proud of you, Sharon. This is Washington's this the best team match. Tell me that's not a badass motherfucker. Yeah. Think that was the last one? Yeah. 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 But uh, this, I don't think this is a match where he loses his eye because this is. I thought it said his eye pops out. Well, if that's well, the header, then probably. Well, no, because this is AWA and he's not dressed as bigger. He's dressed as. Uh, oh, it's just versus. Yeah. Uh. Let's just be Vader telling the story. But, yeah, uh, this was a great match. I, I think Sting looked at – because the, the, when you break down professional wrestling, it's baby faces and heels. And no matter what, a heel's got to make a baby face look good. Yeah. And the, the baby face has to look really yep. good. And the heel's got to piss people off, but also be a heel and look like a bad guy. This is This did that. Vader looked like a piece of shit the whole time. Vader looked like a mean, big son of a bitch, and Sting was the ultimate good guy with the bleached blonde hair, surfer dude that all the kids loved. Yeah. So this was perfect. It had perfect psychology. It was perfect kind of an underdog story, even though Sting was still big. But it was just a great all-together match, and they, they had perfect chemistry together. They really did. And that's the thing. is that, And, by the way, the two of them towards, like, Sting – spent an awful lot of time with Leon towards the end of his life. Yes. Because uh, he wanted to make sure that Leon had accepted the Lord as his savior and all that. 
you know, wanted to make sure he accepted Jesus into his heart. So, you know, they got together a lot. They prayed together. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to make sure that, you know, when Vader left this world, he left it as, you know, a better man, as, you know, a better man. As, you know, somebody that's like, okay, we know you're going to get into heaven. Uh, and they were friends outside the ring? Yeah. Vader and Sting? Yeah. They, they were friends outside the ring. Uh, but, yeah, like towards the end of Vader's life, they were, they were really close. Yeah. And then uh, Sting actually still – I. I believe Sting, Sting still actually checks in with the widow, with the widow and uh, and her son. Yes, Sting's such a great guy. We need to do one of these best things at some point. We will, hundred percent. We'll do this. Oh yeah, no, and there's a shit ton to choose from. But to me, this is his best video. Yep. So, or this is his best match. Yeah. Well, not his best match because we have one more. But this is his best rivalry. Yeah. Because you had somebody who was willing, I, I think, to really put up with a lot of the shit that Vader, like a lot of Vader's like bullying tactics, tactics or whatever. I told you about this. So, uh, but also, but he never he never held it against Vader. No, you can't. You can't hold it against him. But. uh Perfect rivalry. Really exactly. good. Now, our number one best match of Vader's career. You ready? Yes. Drum roll. Drum roll. Uh, Starcade the year after, Starcade 93. He's defending the belt, right? Yes. Against a young upstart. <laughs> no, against a returning Ric Flair. Yeah, a man who, by the way, wanted to put uh, or who put his career on the line. Yes, this match was pretty much perfect. I've seen this match ten times. I love this. Wasn't match. that when they did the Starcade DVD, the top twenty-five? This made it at number one, right? Yes, one or two. I can't remember, but it, great fucking match. Which, which, by the way, like Flair S. Uh, Flair actually. Uh, like was getting so pissed off because Vader was trying to get Flair riled up. Yeah. Because he wanted Flair to stiff the shit out of him. Because he knew... There it is. <laughs> oh, shit. Holy crap. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, but, like, with, with Sting... Or, not Sting. <laughs> I'm stuck on that still. With Flair... It was, you know, because Flair does all, like, his stuff, he does it with all this, you know, flash and pizzazz and all that shit. Yes. Vader wanted Flair riled up. He did. So he was stiffing the shit out of him, and finally Flair was getting mad. And Harley Race could tell Flair was getting mad, and Harley Race was getting pissed off. <laughs> Harley Race is just like, Leon, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, it's Ric Flair. It's Ric Flair, for Christ's sake. You can't kill the nature. <laughs> but then... The match turned out so perfect because there was a lot of emotion. Oh. She's why she watched the Sin thing. <laughs> oh. Sharon's on a top ten injury thing. Oh, we gotta quit that. Oh. 
Yeah, the Sid thing is a brutal one. That is brutal. With the leg. But no, 100%. He was very stiff, and he got Flair pissed. And it worked because you you watch Flair in that match, he's got a fire in his eye. Yeah. And he's got – it's like Ric Flair of old. And it's just – it's per it's one of his best matches. It it is Vader's best match. And honestly, it's up there for Flair's. Flair versus a big guy can go because Flair's usually the heel. But Flair is an underdog baby face against a big guy like Vader. It really worked here. Exactly. So yeah, it's number one. Do you agree? I hundred percent agree. Good. Uh-huh. But like, give Slayer a shit, and everybody does, and I know he, he's not your favorite wrestler, but you can't watch this and tell me that you don't get invested. And and that's the thing, like, you can, uh, like, you pretty much do get invested. Yeah, that's how good it is. Yeah. Whether you love him or hate him, he does make you feel something sometimes, and he definitely does during this. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you I agree with that. about this match. I actually... Thought about, like, for next week, I actually thought about doing Starcade 93, but I knew we were going to talk about this tonight anyway. So, yeah. like, we'll do, we'll do In Your House at DX. Yeah. Because I know we all want to talk about Mark Merrill versus Butterbean. Absolutely. <laughs> main event anywhere in the country. Uh, but, it's not the main event, is it? No, it's not the main event. <laughs> Should have been. Uh, is Butterbean wearing that stupid cardigan sweater again, or? I don't, to be honest with you, I've never watched that pay-per-view. Holy shit, really? Yeah. I think I fell asleep to it once. But. So, like, we'll be, I'll be watching with fresh eyes for the first time. Jeez. Fresh eyes that I'll probably want to gouge out with a fork. <laughs> You're going to want Stan Hansen to come over. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember watching this one, but if I watch it again, I'll probably remember. We're gonna. Anyway, but yeah, no, uh, this was... This is, that I think, definitely the perfect number one. It is. Uh, these two had actually really good chemistry. It sucks they didn't work more often. But they did work the Super Bowl a couple months later, the Super Bowl 94, okay. which actually was funny. Vader was supposed to get the title back because that Thundercage thing, it was supposed to be titled Thundercage Vader's Revenge. Yeah. And he was going to get the belt back because that's how, because Dusty made a deal with players like, look, you can have your feel good moment at Starcade, but Vader's got to get the belt back. Yeah. But then Hogan came back, right? I don't know if, well, conflicting stories were Hogan wanted to come in and work with Flair for the belt. Yeah. But also, the way Vader tells it is that Flair decided to get selfish, asked Bischoff for Dusty's head booker job. Yeah. And so he could keep the belt on himself. Yeah. From what I've heard from Bischoff, well, not that I talked to Bischoff directly, but... uh, The Bish. From what Bischoff had said, it was ratings were going down, Flair had ideas, so he went with Flair's head booker. And unfortunately, that meant Leon getting screwed out of getting the belt back, but he felt like it was time for Leon to move on to other things. Yeah. I don't know why those other things were the guardian angel, but that feud lasted six months too long. Who was the guardian angel? Bossman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that did last too long. Uh, all right. You want to do the plugs? Sure. 
Vader, Eddie, well, first let's give final thoughts on Vader. Because I will say I think he's one of the best big men to ever do it. He's pro- He is my favorite big man of all time. Uh, even with the Andres and the, the one-man gangs and all of them. Kane and Sting. I mean, that's not Sting. Kane and uh, Ross. Yeah, all of them. I, I would put Vader at number one. I thought he pr- played the monster heel very well. I love the Mastodon helmet. I just, everything about him, the fireworks, like he just, it felt special when he came out to the ring. Yeah. And he was brutal and he was everything that a big man bad guy should be. So, rest in peace. Absolutely. Me or him? You. Me? Yeah. All right. Vader is one of those guys who, uh, like you just said, one of the best big men ever. And for a big man, though, he could work. Yes. And he made a lot of guys look good. A lot of guys made him look good. And underrated. Very underrated. Yep. Eric? I mean, I didn't know a lot about later because he was in such a WWE days. But from what I gathered tonight, he seems like a nice guy and um, very underrated, as you said. Absolutely. All right, Doug, let's do the plugs. All right. Listen to Boxman and Smart, the wrestling outlet, Wednesdays on YouTube, 1015, 1020th Eastern Time, uh, right after AEW is over. Then listen to them on Saturday nights, 930, or Sunday nights, I mean, sorry. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the Hollywood Hangout, also on YouTube. Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night. Blog Talk Radio Dead Kim. That's huh? <laughs> everything unscripted. For the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, next week we will be doing In Your House Degeneration X from December the 7th, 19 of 97. Ken Shamrock and Shawn Michaels. Ken Shamrock, Shawn Michaels for the world title. Triple H versus Sergeant Slaughter in a boot camp match. The New Age Outlaws defending the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles against the, New, uh, against the Legion of Doom. We also get Mark Merrow and Butterbean in a uh, boxing match. And Takamuchinoku versus Brian Christopher, finals of the light heavyweight tournament. Uh, All things that that Raw was building up to that we watched. Yes, exactly. And, of course, a couple other things after that as well, but I can't really remember the full listing in my head. Uh, Tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Join us for Unscripted Unlimited. Uh, Eric and I will be joined by Boxman of the Wrestling Outlet, and we're going to be talking from Law & Order. Regular Law and Order? Or? Yes. Regular Law and Order. Okay. Uh, yep. I just I'm that looking out. forward to this one. Yeah. So it's going to be good. Uh, so what the fuck? What? What the fuck? You said it was the same theme song. But nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Which that was a terrible rendition right there. But you know what I mean. It's yeah. the same theme song as SVU? Yeah. So is that bald guy not in it or the guy with not that much hair but a little bit of hair? Dan Florek was in the first couple of seasons. 
And he's the one that was all, at all of SVU, right? What about the check? How does this work? I didn't know Law & Order was a thing before SVU. Yeah. When? when? Yeah, there was a regular Law & Order, and then there's special victims. So you had Law & Order, Law & Order, SVU, Law & Order, Criminal Intent. Now we got Law & Order, Organized Crime. But SVU is crime. That's the one that, yeah, a lot of us watched. That's yeah. the one I fucking remember. Yeah. With the hot chick. With Olivia, yeah. And she um, was she was in the original one, too? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. Which right, hot chick are you me. talking about? There was a lot of hot chicks. You know which one I'm talking He's about. He's talking about Olivia Benson. Or Mariska Hargitay. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Back on track here. Criminal Minds is better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. I like right. CSI, too. That was a good one. Yeah, I like NCIS. Uh, all right. So, listen to uh, Daniel and Mindy, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday for the Stabcast. Yes. Uh, what is the name of the uh, film? In the Tall Grass. Uh, adaptation of the, an old Stephen King novel. Okay. So, make sure you listen to that. And then one of the big ones, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Daniel and Bobby for the web cave. What do we got? What do we fuck? Oh, top 10 relationships in comics. This is actually a big deal. I was excited for this one. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, so it could be couples or just buddies, like for like good friends, like Batman and Superman are eligible or like homies, like, you know, Spider-Man and Daredevil are, are close and, you know... Nightwing and, and Batman and stuff like that, or like couples like Dick and Starfire, or uh, you know Jean Grey and Cyclops, just stuff like that. Top ten relationships in comics. That's gonna be fun. And we're also <laughs> starting our uh, history lesson, not our history lesson, our reading assignment, where we uh, we pick a new thing on the app to read every week, uh, whether it's Marvel Unlimited or DC Universe Infinite. So we went with. Uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, the first part of that story, the first six issues, uh, which nice. based, which inspired the Infinity War movie that everybody in the world has seen. So, yeah. And then uh, also this week, either Wednesday or Thursday, join Eric and Clintus for NFL Hard Hits. Uh, they will be previewing week 14 and reviewing week 13. Yeah. And also yes, check sir. out the buddy Sean, Elite Diplodoc, on YouTube and Twitch. I think we can leave now. We can leave now. All right. Love you guys. Love you. Love, love you guys. Have a good night. You too. Eric, See you tomorrow, Doug. Strength. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain And you can be next